Let's do this. The Cult of Hockey podcast by the faithful and for the faithful. I'm David Staples of the Edmonton Journal, and I'm here today with Bruce McCurdy. Hey, Bruce. Hey, David. How are you doing today? Oh, well, it's uh, fortunately there was a cooling down period after the game. Mm-hmm. You were you were at the game and it took you about an hour to get mm-hmm. home here. So there was this little cooling down period and I've had something to eat and I was watching some hockey drill videos and I kind of forgot the game for a while. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing a lot. <laughs> I'm in a much better mood than I was about an hour ago, Bruce. This was the, the orders have shot themselves in the foot so much this year. They have no toes left. Mm-hmm. They have given away in the last two games, three points that easily were within their grasp. And, uh, you know, what struck me in this game after they tied it in the third period to make it 3-3, they lost 4-3 to the Ducks in the end. Um, in regulation. In regulation. After they tied it 3-3, I was thinking, oh, the orders, you know, maybe they've done it. You know, they've come all the way back. And then I just I just had this other thought immediately, like, no, this team just has a way of giving away goals against in its own zone. And, and that's what, that, that could well happen. And, of course, it did. So what was it like at the rink? Uh, oh, oh, very exasperating, David. I mean, I paid good money for that ticket, and I don't, I didn't feel like I got a very honest effort from the team for the first half of the game, mm-hmm. uh, which is never good. Go. Yeah. And then when they decided to turn it up a bit, because uh, I think I don't think they gave their opponent uh, respect. Uh, at least that's how this game played out for the first uh well what was it i mean i think it was like late in the second where they finally scored to make it three <coughs> to two and then they got a whole series of power plays and they were able to tie the game but uh uh, uh one hugely careless uh play in the defensive zone and a whole lot of plays that just didn't work out because anaheim always had five guys in front of their net not one guy or zero guys, five guys. And Edmonton yeah. was peppering them, you know, they were getting in, but they were always getting in, you know, not getting many clean looks out of it. And uh, uh, Anaheim is not a very good team, but uh, guess what? They're an NHL team, and uh, uh, on a day where you gift them two or three goals, their goalie plays lights out. Guess what? They can beat you and they can hurt you. And they hurt me as a fan today. I, I was I was very upset watching this game. And I mean, they can't. The Oilers probably deserve to tie it with the great effort they made down the stretch. But where the hell is that effort in the first half of the game? It's like, well, we just go through the motions here, and we're going to beat these guys easily. It's like another Coyotes game, you know. It's like a Wiley E Coyote game. Uh-huh. All right. Um, Bruce, let's do our two good things, two bad things, and two numbers for this game. What's your good thing? Okay. Uh, well, I'm going to single out Edmonton's, uh, in my view, right at this moment, Edmonton's best defenseman, Tyson Berry, who I thought had a strong game on the blue line. Uh, he was uh, uh, really good at keeping the puck in the zone, which is one of his specialties. He was good at moving the puck. He was firing shots. He had six on net. He had five more that didn't get through that thicket of Anaheim players. Uh, he had yet another assist in this game, uh, and uh, he's now up to uh, 25 points on the season through 32 games. And 
I thought defensively he was sound, like he didn't get seem to get into any kind of trouble in his defensive zone. I haven't had a chance to check scoring chances yet. How how did he do on that front? Yeah, he kept a clean sheet at even strength. I think he was the orders, uh, the only orders defenseman to do so. Not one major mistake on a grade A shot against. So um, yeah, he I, I I gave him the highest grade of any orders D man. I gave him a a seven, uh-huh. and I thought he played a good game. I agree with you, Bruce. And I I think that that pairing's not been great. They they were good when they first came together. Then they had a few rough games more recently. Yeah, <clears throat> but um. That game, uh, they were they were they were good, and Tyson Berry was good again. So <sighs> he certainly didn't. Uh, he wasn't the cause of that loss, not even close. Yeah. Oh no, no, he was. Uh, um, he was. Uh, uh, general, generally speaking, a positive in this game, and it's more than you can say about some of their other D men. <laughs> Indeed, and we will get to that. All right, my good thing, Bruce, <clears throat> was Connor McDavid. Okay. He had um, two points. He he was first of all, he was one of the few Oilers who came out of the gate who came out of the gates playing fairly well. Like he wasn't he wasn't uh, supernatural. In the third period, he was supernatural, um, godlike presence on the ice. Willing his team to victories like Patroclus and Achilles armor. Um, he was, um, but he did come out fast and hard. And um, he set up Hyman for an early uh, um, harpoon um, right at the side of the net. And it was deflected over the net at the last second. Um, he was a bit slow to move to the point on the uh, PK um, goal, the second goal. Uh, that was a little bit on McDavid, but um, he charged in late in the first, put one off the crossbar. Bruce, the Oilers had 23 grade A shots in this game to eight for the Ducks, 23 to eight. Connor McDavid made a major contribution to 18 Whew. of the 23 grade A shots. Eight, so he's almost single-handedly in many ways. There was a few other players who I thought came along for the ride and, Few played well. Like I, I like Nugent Hopkins' game. I like Tyson Berry's game. <clears throat> There's a few players who played well, but McDavid was just. I would have given him a ten, but um, he just didn't have. He, he didn't make the mistake on the one power play goal uh, for the Ducks, and he didn't, you know, didn't get the puck look. But he could have easily had four, five, six points in that game off, off that many uh, major contributions to Grade A shots. And the breakdown was two major. He had two major contributions. In the first, five and five in the uh, second, and eleven in the third period. Eleven, <laughs> one period, eleven. Uh, most players in their entire career will not have eleven contributions to a grade A shot in a game. Like there's very few Oilers who will ever. Nuge might do that once. Nuge may have done that once. The entire um, for in the entire game, so Dry Hyman might might do it once a year, maybe uh, if that Kane Drysaddle does it, you know, three or four or five, six times a year, and McDavid does it, you know, a dozen times a year, gets more than ten, but he did eleven in one period. So, <clears throat> wow, that's pretty unreal. I mean, the, the Ducks so, were Ducks were really playing hang on Harvey hockey there in the third period for sure, but. 
Yeah, they grabbed hold of him. They did. So he, uh, on the two goals that he was involved in, one was in the second period, he was in the power play and he took it in to the slot as I think, uh, I'm trying to think he got a slot shot and um, Nuge jumped on the rebound and, and slammed that home. And then his own goal was actually quite a, Quite a beautiful play by Leon Dreisaitl, such a heads-up pass. The puck went down to Dreisaitl on on the power play on his shooting spot, which is on the uh, right side, the right dot. And he just mm-hmm. held the puck, held the puck, watched, and he put it right onto McDavid's stick, and it was a tabletop hockey goal. He just slammed it in. It was a beautiful, beautiful goal to tie the game. He, he kept coming and coming and coming. He um, Hyman got a couple um, good chances off... Um, off, off, off one of his rushes. I was just it's so impressed. He would just find the smallest of um, holes in the Ducks' defense and just power through them, just, just exploit it for all it was worth. And they didn't really. They had no answer to him. Uh, we've heard that expression before. They really didn't have an answer to him by the third period. They just they were left um, either taking a penalty or allowing him to get a great A shot. He started to drain of energy in the last five minutes. I thought. Um, he played, I think, about four of those last five minutes. That whole group minutes, of players. Twenty-five minutes and thirty seconds again today. Yeah, and After and so I think it was twenty-nine. The last shift. The last shift for the, all the top players was about four minutes, and they just were drained by the end, and they couldn't get it done. So, but he was. That was a great effort by Connor McDavid. He 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 should have been rewarded with a victory, and not to be. Well, he drew both. Um, penalties that led to the five on three in the third period and then he scored the tying goal on the five on three and so you think at that point well it's three three and they're bringing it you know but his uh unfortunately mates let him down he sure did what is your bad thing bruce bad thing? Should, i should go first because oh, we'll do it in a chronological order then yeah you go first <clears throat> Listen, Darnell Nurse had a, a terrible game last game. Um, he made mental mistakes that uh, were were absolutely critical. All game long last game. This game wasn't as bad as that, but there was one play where he just, he had a total meltdown. And um, it's it's hard to know what to make of it because it was completely unforced, the whole thing. All he had to do was make two simple fundamental plays. And there's no goal. Anaheim doesn't score. If Anaheim doesn't score that first goal, they're probably never in this game, really. Like, this is not a very good team. And um, But he let them in the game with his mistakes. And the first t- the first play, it, it, it comes around the boards to him. And instead of looking up, you know, he, instead of looking up, he just slams it up the boards, heads down, and it's picked off. It's a turnover. When the puck came to him, all he had to do was stop it and have a look. Just get your head up, man. Be a heads-up player. Be an NHL hockey player in that moment. Get your head up. Don't make that mental mistake of just firing the puck without looking. And you will see there's two ducks there, and it's going to be a hard play getting it past them. Then you just reverse it. You just stop and reverse it. I don't know what what's what's going on with him. Like, he's he is a veteran player who's better than this. So then there's a turnover, right? Immediately a turnover, in this, and the ducks take it into the slot. And the duck attacker, I can't remember who it was, he he goes into the slot and Cody Cece's on him. Cody Cece moves out towards that player and is on that player. And all Darnell Nurse has to do, there's only two ducks down there. 
He's got to take the other one. All he has to do is take the other guy who's down by the net. And what does he do? He charges out to the guy. This is so often the case. People get tunnel vision after a turnover and they just want to win the puck back. And he ch- he charges out at, C- at towards CC and the and and uh, the Ducks attacker with the puck, trying to trying to single handedly reverse this mistake instead of just letting CC deal with it, lifting the stick of his own man, which would have been really easy to do. He was not moving; he was just standing there. He goes tries to save the day, tries to do too much, and the guy the pass goes through CC. Darnell Nurse is way out of position and it goes, it doesn't even go through him because he's so far out of position and there's a goal scored. These are two hideous mental mistakes, Bruce. And I'm not down on Darnell Nurse. I wrote a post today, but he's actually Mm -hmm. having a pretty good season overall this year. When we track grade A shots in his defensive play overall this year, he's doing better than last year. He's cut down on a rate basis, his major mistakes on grade A shots against. But man, these these last few games, handful of games, he he is. Um, I don't know what's going on, but that this isn't acceptable hockey from Darnell Nurse, really isn't. And um, I wouldn't have been. I wouldn't have been like. I don't know if he had been benched after that goal, after the first mistake. I would have been okay with that. Bench him for the rest of the period. Like, think about it. Oh. Stop. Start playing hockey. I guess I'm not going to. Yeah, well, he, yeah. I mean, after the turnover, I mean, he was he obviously was trying trying to clear the zone, but I'd say there were other options, and I think he, you know, he's just trying to get it hard out of the zone, and that that failed. But the recovery from the turnover was was not good at all. I mean, the guy cuts across the slot, and as you say, he's cutting right into CC's zone, and Darnell comes in behind CC, and he goes down on one knee, trying to cut out the pep. The, I'm not sure what he was trying to cut out, whether it was the shot. Anyway, the guy just passed it over to the guy on the uh, left edge of the crease from the defenseman's point of view. In other words, the left defenseman's guy who is wide open to tap it home. I mean, I'm sitting at the far end in the, in the high blues. like So I'm 300 feet away from that goal, and I'm just going. You, know, you could just see it all coming, and Darnell just chased the puck and forgot about the guy was going to put the puck in the net. It's kind of the D-man's job, and, and, and that was very disheartening. You know, he yeah. scored the first goal, and you think, okay, maybe he's going to get his stuff together this game, and then right away that. You know, I often, I, I think I'm actually pretty, uh, and maybe people who listen to this podcast will correct me, but I think I'm pretty forgiving of the defenseman. I often say hockey happens fast. Mm-hmm. It really does, and especially at the NHL level. It's just blindingly fast. But that was kind of a slow-developing play. Yeah. And all he had to do, like, it, it wasn't like he he just had to read it. He just had to calmly. I know he's he's in reaction mode, but he just had to. He had all the time in the world to make the, the right play, and he didn't. He just he just uh, was drawn to a, to the puck like a mosquito to a mosquito zapper. <clears throat> All right. Now we'll get into some, some more <laughs> mental errors by defenseman. And, well, one execution error, maybe a mental error. But anyway, what's your bad thing, Bruce? My bad thing is Dave Manson's other major project. Uh, and mm-hmm. I think Nurse is one at this point. And uh, um, Evan Bouchard, uh, who had two, I'd say, horrendous 
giveaways on the third and fourth goals. And the third one was just a straight giveaway, a soft little backhand pass along the offensive blue line that Ryan Strom just intercepted, and it was like a pick six. He was gone. And Bouchard's only chance was that Stuart Skinner would make a save, which I don't think he ever did in this game. Didn't seem like. Uh, And Strom buried that chance to make it. So that's an execution error. But, you know, a cutesy little backhand pass without recognizing the danger. So that was bad enough. That made it 3-1. And that's kind of when... When the riot act, I think, got a little bit red, the uh, coach changed up the line combinations and the defense pairings right in the middle of the second period there. And order started to come alive, and of course they got the power plays, and they got two power play goals to tie it up. And so now the game is stable at, at three to three, and then Bouchard has this shift from hell in the third period, where again he makes a soft, but this time in his own zone, Makes a, make, tries to make a soft little cutesy pass to Nugent Hopkins like five feet away from him. Nugent wasn't expecting it, and that pass went astray. <clears throat> so Anaheim got control, and they they got both of their, both, all two of their third period shots on the subsequent sequence. There was a shot from the left wing that, uh, that Skinner uh, stopped, you know, not a dangerous shot from like over by the boards. And then the puck went over to the boards on the right side where John Klingberg was waiting for it. And Evan Bouchard, the right defenseman, goes and stands directly in front of Stuart Skinner on the left side, so out of position. And honestly, David, <clears throat> you can go to uh, go to NHL.com and click the little arrow by the 4-3 goal on the box score, and that'll show you the highlight of that goal. And it starts with a still frame, and the still frame shows Klingberg with the puck on his stick with a direct line from the puck to the net. And you can see Evan Bouchard, and behind him, you can see just the pads and outer extremities of Stuart Skinner. Like, Skinner cannot see a single thing. The shot that Klingberg fires from, like, 50 feet, but because the goalie can't see it, it's either going to, I mean, it's not, it had no chance of even hitting Skinner through the screen. It was either going to hit Bouchard or it was going to miss both of them. And just, and there was nobody around him. It wasn't like he was fighting a guy off at the edge of the crease or, you know, battling for position. He was just standing there like, hello, this is the NHL. Uh, anyway, just, just terrible. So again, it's just like the, the other night, right? Nurse made the brutal turnover and then he made a bad play after the turnover to not cover the guy who scored the goal. And this is the same thing. Here, where Bouchard made the bad turnover, and then he went and screened his own goalie. Bam! You know that was a, I, that was a hockey game. Like it cost him the game. I'm just as hard on Bouchard for the screen. You know the total oh, clips yeah, of the sunscreen, absolutely. but on the turnover, I think Nude should have had a stick on the ice and should have been ready for that. It wasn't that hard. It wasn't that difficult or tricky a pass. Nude, Nude should have got that pass. I think. And so I would. I'll, I'll say the turnovers on both of them, but it's also on Nude. Um, it was right on his stick, Bruce. He just didn't, he just wasn't ready for it. So you should be ready for a pass in your own zone. Like I don't, you know, he wasn't in such an awkward position where he couldn't got it. Watch the replay and see if you agree. Uh, Yeah, it came out of nowhere. Like, I mean, Bush had the puck and all of a sudden he shuffled it to the side. And anyway, Nuge may well have not been able to handle the pass, but uh, I I, I didn't like the, the reason for the pass. Like, Fair enough. And you know what I think can happen with both Nurse and Bouchard is 
a lack of confidence can lead to bad things happening, right? Like, like yep. you're nurse and the puck starts to be a hot potato. So as soon mm-hmm. as you get it, you're you're making a forceful play up the boards, right? Like you didn't mm-hmm. do in the last game. All you had to do was make the forceful play up the boards, ice the puck. Maybe that's it. He's thinking, I'm going to make forceful plays up the boards. Right. So that one of the first times he gets it, he, he does that, mm-hmm. which is what it was. And it just hits the wrong guy, hits the wrong thing. And, and it's in the slot and then in the, in the net. It's and what then, they do afterwards. Yeah, and then as Bouchard, um, the puck's a bit... I've just turned over the puck on a crappy little pass. I'm just... Again, it's like lack of confidence in his passing that I just want to get rid of the puck. Maybe that's going on a little bit with both of them. I think things can snowball mm-hmm. like that as a player. you got, you know, 17,000 angry or 34,000 angry eyes on you at the arena. And um, you've already... Everyone's just waiting to stick the knife in you because they're so mad and angry. Um, so maybe all those flashing knives in the audience are, are uh, mm-hmm. yeah. a little bit blinding. It it could be that it would be very human if that if that was the case. But then to break out of that is not easy. But you, the professional athletes, they got to work through it. Now that I've coughed up the puck, I know I'm going to go and try and play goal and make the save. Down because on one I'm a goalie. Yeah, Jason Strudwick, Jason Strudwick, I um, uh, was listening to him the other day. He made it just, he doesn't like defensemen going down like that. Mm-hmm. And although it worked, I think, very often for Chris Russell, who's a little lower to the ice and a bit more agile than Nurse. I think Russell was up and down quicker than Darnell Nurse, if I'm not mistaken mm-hmm. about this. When when Nurse goes down, he's, he kind of stays down, whereas Russell, to me, he had some, I never felt, I never got upset with this Russell starfish like a lot of people did. I thought, generally speaking, Russell got it right. Going down to block shots, um, he he just Way more he had a better reading of the game. I think he had more success than Nurse does going down. Darnell Nurse has limited, very limited success going down. He's so big and lanky. I just think he'd be way better off if he decided, okay, I'm not going to do that, unless in you know, unless you know, now and then in extreme situations, I'm going to stay on my feet. And um, but anyway, that's that's between him and his coach. I don't know what the coach would. He's had a lot of coaches. Who've seen him go down mm-hmm. like that now? Like he's had play, you know, he's been doing it for a while. I don't know if he always did it, but Playfair was his coach. Who was McClellan's defenseman uh, D coach? Um, and now he's got Manson. I can't remember who taught McClellan's uh, and Hitchcock's. Who was Hitchcock's defense coach, Bruce? Do you remember? Oh man, uh, was it Huddy? No, no, uh, no. Was no. It certainly wasn't Huddy. Who was McClellan's? Uh, was it? Was what, wasn't Woodcroft? Um, no, no. Woodcroft oh, Johnson, was Jim Johnson. Jim Johnson, that's it. Yeah. So he's had yeah, a number yeah. of coaches to work with him on yeah. this, and he and he gets. I think he gets still gets pro training from Adam Oates, but Adam Oates is probably more working on him with the puck control mm-hmm. stuff other than yeah. defensive tactics. Yeah. Bruce, uh, what's your number? Uh, I'm going to go with forty-three uh, percent. Uh, which in the game the Oilers dominated in many uh, the statistical categories, 43% on the faceoff circle, uh, 29 wins, 38 losses, and it just seemed like a wretched series of losses of important faceoffs uh, on the power play uh, late in the game or in the O or D zone. Uh, and let's see what they got here for the game. Uh, 45% in the offensive zone, 31% in the D zone, 50% on the neutral zone faceoffs that matter the least. And Leon Drysaddle had a very tough game. Uh, and uh, 
uh, 31% at even strength to 37, 43% on the, uh, uh, actually 38% on the power play. And uh, just seems like just too many times, like, you know, they're, they burned the face off in the attacking zone. I mean, 33 of them. And just time and again, uh, they'd lose that draw and the puck would get dumped out and they'd have to reset. And I just thought this was an area of weakness for Edmonton in this game. And uh, Devon Shore was 0-5 and five on the dot. Connor McDavid was 4 wins, 10 losses. Like, you know, it was a team-wide issue. And they, uh, uh, in a game where, you know, they had lots of possession, but ultimately they ran out of time. And I couldn't count how many times I lost 15 seconds because I lost the draw and I got dumped out and they had to go out for the reset. And down the stretch, it just seemed to become more and more obvious. They, they attack our end for first and third periods. And I just, they dropped the puck, the Ducks would win the face off, and Bruce would swear. And it happened over and over again. <laughs> Devin Shore, um, Devin Shore should be out of the lineup now. And um, he's not, he just not as, com- he's not coming close to getting it done as an NHL player right now. No. And he hasn't for some time. So. Yeah, they that's took it. out uh, Hamblin. They left Shore in when uh, Fogel came back. That's a hard thing to say about a player, but I think it's. Uh, um, I haven't I said it kept, until now. I would have kept Hamblin in myself. And yeah, I would have kept Hamblin in and go back. Shore in this Shore. game. Uh, I mean, he only played five minutes because he didn't really earn a lot of ice time. No shot attempts, and zero for five on the faceoff dot. One hit, one giveaway. That's his entire body of work in this game. You know, he made a. There was one play that that I remarked on in the game grades. He just it, he got the puck at the blue line. He won the puck, and uh, there was a player in the offensive end, and he just skated in anyway. His head was down. He didn't look. He didn't wait. He, he just again lack oh, yeah, of confidence. I that. Lack of confidence. Lack of heads up play. His heads down play is killing the Oilers. They called um, that deliberate offside. I think that's the one where they wound up taking the face off all the way back to Edmonton's zone because it was obvious to everyone in the rink except Devin Shore, apparently. And again, <laughs> again, you know, these are highly skilled NHL hockey players. These are all fabulous hockey players. But mm-hmm. he's not at the same level as as the other players and the owners, and he's and he's not finding a way. What what I guess, here's what I would say. If, if Devin Shore does get back in the lineup, Devin Shore better start hitting. Because he is not doing anything else. He better just, as ferociously and as aggressively and as constantly as he can, he should start taking the body. Because he is not doing anything else at this point in I, that I can see that's uh, warranting a, a job in the lineup. So um, that would be my advice to Shore is, is crank that up and maybe, because he has played okay in the past. Like there's been some games where he's been good and he's some stretches where he's been good. That That's not now. And he, he's got to find a way to help out and he's not doing it. What's okay, your number, my... David? <laughs> I know your clock's ticking on you here. Oh, yeah, I got some rats. I had to, too many rats here. <sighs> my number is... Uh, is one and nine. Um, and it refers to the major contributions that Leon Dreisaitl made to grade A shots in this game. One at even strength, nine on the power play. On the power play, Leon was sublime. He, he is such a fantastic kind of half-court player, like in the offensive like yeah, uh, in the offensive end. There's probably no one better once the puck's in the offensive end in the, in the power play, on the power play, because of both of his, his ability to shoot and pass. Um, he just, he's uniquely, uh, you know, 
two skill threat at such mm-hmm. a high level. And he showed that off tonight. He got off the executioner shot. It was unbelievable save by the goalie on that one. Um, he um, made the beautiful pass to McDavid, as I've already said. But just one major contribution. On even both strength. goals, he made a beautiful pass to McDavid. <clears throat> the one where Nuge wound up banging it in and the one where McDavid himself finished the play. That, those were both great passes out of the right corner by Drysaddle. That's correct. Yeah, he 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 went uh, diagonal to, to uh, McDavid on that on the on the Nuge call um, through the slot. So he, but at even strength, um, you know. So he was struggling defensively before they put him on McDavid's wing, and since then, there's he's been doing okay defensively, and he's been great on the attack at even strength. This game, though, he just he was part of a lot, many many players. So I'm not singling him out on this. There was many players who came out slow. Mm-hmm. And not skating, he was one of them. And um, when he did move to his own line, he—I thought he was—he picked it up, and he was a little bit better. It was a good wake-up call for him to break him up with McDavid, which was the right call from uh, Jay Woodcroft at that point. So I thought he played a bit better, but um, and maybe uh, I don't know what they're going to do next game. Um, they had some success against Nashville with McDavid and Drysaddle on the same line. They may go back to that. Um, he may be battling through some injuries. I've heard. All kinds of speculation uh, about that, but um, yeah, you know, about one in Leon is a slow. Like in, in terms of the Oilers being a slow starting team, part of this is on Leon because he himself is a slow starter and often gets he often winds it up during the game. Now, and, and it's about one in three games, and this was one of them where um, he just didn't have it going on and finally got it going on due to multiple power play chances where he is brilliant. Yeah, well, both he and Connor are, are slow starters. I mean, Con- Connor's got 60 points this year, and I'm just looking up the scoring log. Uh, three, four, five, six, seven, ten of them in the first period. Ten out of 60, right? You expect closer to a third, uh, maybe not quite. And uh, and Leon is is much the same. He's got 50. Two points. This is before today, and today they both picked up points in the second and third period, and none in the first. Uh, so more of the same. So Leon's now up to 54 points, and he just has uh, nine in the first period. So both of them are, you know, they pick it up as the game goes along, which you'd rather have it that way than the other way around. Uh, but they're they're uh, they're slow starters in that. Uh, that. I think that reflects a little bit on the on the team, and maybe it's the other team's defensive intensity starts to wait. You know, they come out checking the as hard as they can against those guys, and it takes a while to sort of work through that. Anyway, it's it's just a weird little weird little thing. So they got 17 mm-hmm. wins and 15 mm-hmm. losses, and yeah. uh, very few loser points. One. One. And even yeah. that one has tastes like spilled milk, you know. Sure and, does. Uh, so, I'm getting nothing at all out of a home game against the Ducks, where the Oilers were at home and the Ducks were flying in from Montreal with their 32nd place uh, defensive record and their 31st place offensive record, having to use their third string goalie because their first two are injured. That's not a game you expect to lose. And shots of 49-17, notwithstanding, that tells us who is the better team. But the scoreboard tells us something different, that the, that the home team, despite being the better team, 
couldn't finish their shots and they couldn't defend their own goal. Do you think it's time? Occasions. Time for a trade, Bruce? I don't think Holland will make a trade, by the way. Like I just but you know, I've been saying patience, patience. And um I'm not so sure I, I don't know. Like if you could get the right left side defenseman, um maybe is it is the moment to make that make that deal. I'm not yeah, well, uh, we've got the Christmas trade freeze coming right up in a couple of days. And I'd be surprised if we did anything before then, but uh uh, we'll see. I mean, that this uh, coming out of this homestand with one point is uh, uh, a bitter pill from the management on down. And I and honestly, David, I have a, I have fingers to point at everybody from the management on down. I, some disappointing with some of the coaching decisions, disappointed with some of the player performance. Uh, you know, it's. Uh, just needs to be better, and the, the team is, is this not deep enough that you've got, you know, again today, uh, McDavid 25 minutes, Nugent Hopkins 25 minutes, Drysaddle nearly 27 minutes, <clears throat> Hyman 26 minutes. You got four forwards. You're playing the crap out of those guys, and you got a whole bunch of guys. Eight, five, nine, nine. You know, it's just, it's just way too lopsided, and. Whether that's coach not trusting the lower players or over relying on the top players, or whether it's management not providing deep enough talent, and a little bit it's injuries. But today they had Fogel back. You know they're really only missing now two guys, Kane and McLeod. And guess what? The other team was missing their top two goalies for Pete's sake. So we can't be leaning on injuries as an excuse. So anyway, I'll put that. I know you got to go. <laughs> I'd say, yeah, yeah. All right, Bruce. Well, let's uh, let's leave it there. Thanks for talking tonight. Monday night, Nashville. Okay. Thanks for listening, everyone. And in the meantime, and in between times, this has been another edition of the Cult of Hockey podcast. Let me just hit the right button.